Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Microsoft Teams is helping a bicycle company reinvent the way that they work. We make low-maintenance bicycles for everyday riders. Once the pandemic hit, we had nobody coming into the showroom. So we started doing virtual visits via Microsoft Teams. We're able to see two or threefold the amount of customers we used to be able to see. All of a sudden, we could open up our showroom to customers around the world. I really think it's going to set a standard for retail moving forward. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash Teams. We are back. And we are live. It is Fight IQ presented by Rotowire. Here to talk UFC 244 and a crown. It's a family show, so I'm just going to say the BMF, the baddest MF is our main event, is Jorge Masvidal taking on Nate Diaz at Madison Square Garden. We are back. Uh, first time on this rotation of bringing you these shows just for pay-per-view cards. I miss some of you guys. I mean... A little less the, uh, the the co-host, but I miss you guys in chat. <laughs> I am your host, the Daily Fantasy Sniper. Just kidding. As always, the co-host, the analyst of Fight IQ, the important guys, Chris Olsen, Joe, Sun Tzu. Guys, how you doing? You ready for the card of the year? Um, Is it is this the card of the year or is, is 245 the card of the year? Mm. Mm. I, I like this one quite a bit. You know, it's close. It's really First close. topic. I think this is a really, really tricky card for, for DraftKings. I have some solid wagers that I like, but for DraftKings, I mean, I am spreading all over the place. Phrasing. Uh-oh. Oh, we lost Sean. Sean. Oh. Somebody tap on the glass and see if we can get Sean back. No. <laughs> yeah, I don't see it working, dude. So, uh... We will let Sean know that he's frozen here. Yes. Let me, uh, Sean is frozen. Hey, I'm back. Uh, he's back. I don't, I, I hear you, but I don't see you're not moving. That's, it's quite a trick. So guys who live in the Northeast, particularly New York, New Jersey. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, what he was about to say is that we had a big storm and a lot of bad weather, but. Yes. In New Jersey, we have a higher quality of internet than they do in New York. So apparently, I, yeah. I have been without disruption, um, unlike our, our good friend, uh, the DFS sniper. So um, Same here. this is uh, Murphy's Law. Actually, we see him now. Look at that. Sean. Yeah, I'm back again. All right. I keep disconnecting, unconnecting. I don't know if you guys heard me, but the, the windstorm here in the Northeast just kicked my kicked my 
house's ass. So luckily no um, trees went down. We're okay. So uh, if I go out at any point, Chris will pick up the slack for a little bit until I get back in. Um, nice. I'm here for it. Did you guys finish, finish doing your intro for the card? I missed a little uh, bit. No, I think, I, think, uh, I think Joe was still going. Or no, are you good? No, I'm good. Okay, I, I just I just gonna say um, for my intro, I guess I, I'll do um, I'll say that we are once again giving away um, a a prize pack for this card, and uh, we'll do it the same way that we've done as I think Sean is frozen again. But I we'll, we're gonna do it the same way that we did it last time, which is and I know that there was some confusion about this last time, mostly my fault. But we're gonna do combined significant strikes in the main event for the two participants. And that will be, again, for the main event, for a rotor wire prize pack, including mouse pad, T-shirt, hat, all that good stuff. So um, that's going to be our prize for the end. And uh, as far as this card goes, I love it. I think it has everything that a, a uh, pay-per-view fight card should. It's well-matched. All the fights have meaning. It is, um, it's tough to call, which is the hallmark of a good, of a good pay-per-view card. And it has um, a lot of good fighters, a lot of good fights, and I'm uh, excited to get into it. Right. While well, I have internet connection, let's dive in here. Hakeem Dawadu, 86. Julio Arce at 7,600. Line on this fight. Dawadu, the favorite, but it's Pickham now, minus 120. Uh you know what? Maybe maybe I should just I should just take. Yeah, it. I think maybe that's the way to go. Okay. Um. All right, well, as Sean was saying before he was um, so rudely interrupted by his internet, our first fight is... Holy shit. Oh, here he comes back. Right, our so first fight is... You want me to just take it? I'm going to restart. Okay. And then, guys, sorry, guys, you're seeing some behind, behind the scenes here. All right, well, Sean's going to restart. Um, I think we'll, we're going to give it one more try on, on waiting for Sean. Or should I just go? I, we no, why don't you? Why don't you go, man? Because he's gonna he's gonna have frequent breakdowns. Okay, uh, so I, I I will be your lovable host for the yeah. for the time being, meaning nobody can stop me in my ranting, which is was my nope. plan all along. Sean has been downgraded to analyst. Yeah, so <laughs> the horror. So our first fight is um, uh, Hakeem Dawadu versus Julio Arce. Dawadu is at eighty six hundred. Uh, Arce is. 7,600 as far as the lines on this fight, as I vamp until I get to them. Um, Arce is a plus 110. Dawadu, uh, minus 120. So pretty close lines there. Um, so th this is a pretty interesting fight. I think um, we've seen exciting moments from both of these fighters. I think this is a, a really a, a pretty good contender's fight. I'm excited to see it. Uh, Joe, what do you got on this one? Yeah, I'll be honest. I mean, aside from... Maya Chukagian, uh, I really don't care a ton about this fight. I mean, really? well, yeah, I mean, let's put it this way. As a fight to watch, let me rephrase that. I don't really care a lot about this fight for DraftKings. Um, you know, I think as a fight to watch, you've got two stand-up fighters, um, good camps, um, should be interesting. Arce is a former Golden Gloves boxer, um, Tiger Schumann, um, you know, against Dawadudu, um, you know, he's okay. I mean, I, I don't know that he's, I think maybe he's underperformed a bit in the UFC. Um, again, I don't love this fight for DraftKings, but I have to pick a winner. So I'll go with the local guy, Arce, but it is not a very confident pick. 
And I'll be honest, I, I did look past this fight for the most part. So I'll give you Arce, but without a lot of confidence and knowing that I will have only, there was only one other fight that I will have less exposure to in DraftKings than this one. Fair enough. Um, before I continue, I have to say that I just got a text from Sean. I don't know if you guys saw that. He tried to come in while while Joe was talking. He couldn't get in. He says he thinks he's out. He can't negotiate the connection. So it's going to be an impromptu, unexpected two-man booth um, this time around, guys. Sorry for that. If you guys were um, banking on Sean, I don't know what kind of person is actually banking on Sean um, for these things. But if you were, sorry, guys. It looks like he's out here. But we will carry the rest of the show and on with the show. And as I said, I'm actually pretty interested in this. I think that um, these are both two really good prospects who we've seen a lot from. As Joe said, um, Arce, the former Golden Gloves boxer. My problem with Arce is he tends to back himself up a little bit um, and back himself up way too easily. And because of that, he has, you know, close fights with people he really shouldn't have close fights with. Um you know, the, the last of those being his last fight against uh, Julian Arosa. Now, he did win that fight in impressive fashion with the head kick. But I just, I think before that, the fight was way too close. He was getting way more touched up than he should have been. Now, I will say that um, Dawadu is susceptible to counter shots. We've seen that throughout his, his uh, amateur career. And, of course, we saw it in his fight with Danny Henry. But I just, I'm, I guess what I'm doing here is, and I do think it's a close fight, but I think what I'm doing here is picking the speed and athleticism and power of Duwadu to win the day against a retreating fighter just looking for counter shots who doesn't have all that much power in his hands. So I'm going to go with Duwadu here. I do think it's a close fight, but uh, my pick is Hakeem Duwadu. And uh, as I am the host now, we will go to the next fight, which is Lyman Good versus Cha uh, Chance for Encounter. Lyman Good can be had for $8,400. Uh, the price on run counter, $7,800. Line lines on this fight. Again, a, a pretty even uh, pretty even matchup here. We got run counter at even money at plus 100. Lyman Good coming back at minus 110. Now, this is an interesting one. I, I think that um, Chance Run Counter is a guy that I think most of us wrote off in the UFC after that fight with Bilal Muhammad. Um, Got, got pretty well dominated, and I think most of us, and I'm speaking for myself, um, and I think you would agree, expected um, Nardiev to beat him pretty handily. Didn't happen. Uh, Chance run counter, got his grappling game going. Uh, he's a big, long, lanky fighter. He is a, a tough uh, top control grappler. That makes this interesting. I'm going to kick it over to you again. To you again first, Joe. Uh, what do you think of this matchup, and can Lyman Good um, stop the grappling enough to land the big shots against run counter here? Okay, so here's the narrative. In a three-round decision fight, recounter entered, hit four significant strikes. <laughs> so yeah. he scored a total of 54 points, and that was due to two, two takedowns and four advances. So he's not a prolific striker. Uh, the fight before that, he won by sub against Stewart, Kyle Stewart, but he only had six strikes. And then in the three-round decision loss, which to Bilal Muhammad, which, by the way, was a short-notice fight for him, um, 16 significant strikes. So this guy is pretty much ground or bust. And even, even if he grounds down good late, he's not going to score a lot of points. So let's move over to good. So here's the narrative, right? Chris gave you an analysis of, of how these guys fight, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna recap that. 
Um, good lost um, to Damian Maya. Um, Maya just put his Damian Maya moves on good and and choked him out. I believe it was actually a standing choke um, where where he hopped on his back up against the cage. I don't think it ever actually made it to the ground um, that fight. So you know the narrative is oh well you know he's he's submittable. Well I mean look Damian Maya no one's going to confuse recount Truff for Damian Maya. Um, you know, I, I don't love this fight. I think that recounter is going to be more popular probably than he deserves, um, because of his, his win against the Austrian super slash wonder boy. Um, I'm going to stick with Lyman good here. And earlier in the week, I kind of bought into the, the narrative and then I dug a little deeper and looked at the fact that this guy can't strike now. My, my pick on good is tentative because I did not like what I heard um, when he fought um, Elize De Zescu, uh, um, Zalescu, um, where, you know, his corner said, well, you got to let your hands go. And he's like, I'm afraid of getting knocked out. That's not something you want to hear of a fighter. So I'm going to pick Lyman good. Um, this is not a fight I'm going to have a ton of exposure to on DraftKings, um, but I will pick Lyman good. Yeah, my pick is tentative too. Um, I wanted to pick. I want to pick Lyman Good um, because I think that look, Chan's run counter gets hit a lot. Even in that Nardia fight, he was getting hit a lot. But um, I just can't get past the fact. Well, there's two things. One is the wrestling and grappling, which we covered. The other thing is he doesn't really check light kicks. His response to light kicks is just trying trying to take you down off of them, as he did in the Zaleski Dos Santos fight. Um, I think the, the Chan's run counter has a good light kick and. He's not a great wrestler, but he is a willing one. Um, and I think that persistence might pay off here. It's really a close fight for me. I think I'm going to give the slightest of leans to the dog here in Rencounter, just because I'm nervous about what's going to happen if Rencounter gets his top game going. Again, like I said, his frame is very good for top control. And so that I think they're going to be in a lot of um, close range situations where uh, Rencounter is going to be able to clinch and maybe bring him up against the fence. So it's the slightest of edges to Rencounter, but Lyman Good hits hard, and Rencounter is very hittable. So that knockout is definitely something that uh, that can occur here. But we go on to the next fight, which is uh, Jennifer Maya at 7,300, the dog, taking on Caitlin Chukagian at 8,900. Lines on this fight. Uh Jennifer Maya, plus 140. The comeback Chukagian now, minus 150. It looks like that's had a little bit of movement in Maya's favor since I last saw it. Um, I'll, I'll go first here and then throw it over to Joe, just maybe break up the monotony here. I think that, um, you know, when this, this fight was first matched, I, I kind of wanted to pick Maya. But ultimately, um, what, I, what I fell back on was my old maxim of um, that I really believe in in combat sports, which is, uh, kickbox the boxer, and I think Chukagian's going to have uh, a lot of opportunities to do that here, especially in her, her more recent fights. I like how she ends all her combinations with a kick. Um, I, I like that um, she throws in combination, even if she's not the hardest uh, puncher. And Maya, although she is she is a hard hard-ish puncher, I don't think she's got anything close to anything that you would call knockout power. So I'm not really worried about that for Chukagian. Uh, Chikagian has been staying in the in the pocket more, hasn't been uh, dancing around as much, which is sort of a double-edged sword. On, on one hand, she gets to, uh, you know, sit down on her strikes more, but on the other, it makes her more hittable. She got hit a lot in um, the Calderwood fight. 
But I just think she's going to have a lot of success just being the faster party who kickboxes here. So give me Chukagan by decision. But at 8,900, I mean, her DraftKings scores will almost never get you there. So this is pretty much a pass fight for me. But I am picking Chukagan if you are interested in betting it. Uh, Joe, what do you think? So uh, we discussed this a little, Chris, you and I, before we, we came on. And I love Chukagian as a bet. <laughs> um, but her, her, her salaries for her four UFC fights were 8.7, 8.7, 8.7, 8 and 8.1. Um, at 8.9, Chukagian getting to 10x is, is rarer than... Um, the road teams winning all games in a world series yeah, there you go. and, um, you know, the, I, the identical triplets on my bucket list. Um, so I don't actually see her getting to 10 X. I would avoid this fight like the plague, um, for DK. Um, I did 150 lineups in the $1 contest. I believe I did 2% Chukagian and 2% Maya. Um, you know, Maya, just because of her price at 7.3 is a better is likely a better has a better shot of hitting 10x for for DK if she wins. I, I don't like the floors. I don't like the ceilings on either one of these fighters. Um, I will pick Chukagi in the win, and I do love her as a bet. Um, I honestly think she's the best betting value on the card. Chukagian by decision is minus 125 on DK Sportsbook. Um, I've already made some wagers on Chukagian. I'm gonna make some more. I love that minus 125 line. Um, I would be very surprised if she lost. Um, she was actually offered a title shot against Valerie Shashenko, but she got married instead. Um, this is a downgrade, obviously, from Val. Um, I see her handling Maya fairly easy, although, you know, you never can tell. Um, maybe the judges don't buy into the grunts um, on, on this fight. But I do like Chikagian here as a bat. Um, don't like the fight at all for DraftKings. All right, uh, moving on to a uh, pretty in intriguing fight. One, one, of these, uh, one of these fighters, and there are a few on this card, who has to answer some questions. Uh, that'll be uh, Jason Hero Rosenstreich at 8,700, taking on uh, the old veteran Andrei Orlovsky at 7,500. The line on this fight is um, up, uh, actually identical to the last one. Uh, Rose, uh, Orlovsky is plus 140. Uh, if you want Rosenstreich, you will have to pay minus 150. Um, this fight is interesting to me because I feel like we've, al we've already seen Arlovsky win a fight like this. We're not like this, but what I mean to say is that we've already seen Arlovsky wrestle when he knows he has to. I mean, he doesn't do it often, but when he knows he has to, he can do it. He did it against um, Stefan Struve uh, to great effect. I think he had uh, four takedowns in that fight. So we know that he can do that. And Andrei Arlovsky, as we know, coming off, you know, maybe his best performance in years against uh, Big Ben Rothwell there, showed a lot of um, showed a lot of mixing it up in that fight, a lot of tools that, you know, we didn't know he had. Uh, you, generally, he's just sort of an overhand, uh, but he was popping out a really crisp jab in that fight. He was going to the body. Now, how much of that is Ben Rothwell just walking after him and being a, a pretty – big target and how much of that is real improvements from Arlovsky. It's a little tough to say, but I do think that his combination of pressuring and having, being able to wrestle when he can might be able to get this done here. Like if you look at the, if you look at the fight that uh, Rosenstruck had with um, 
the baby there, Junior Albini, I think Albini fought a pretty perfect first round, which was um, pressure him back with strikes and then go for the takedown against the fence. In the second round, he reached for a takedown in open space, and he got himself clobbered. I'm betting that Andre Arlovsky is smart enough, savvy enough to pressure him back with strikes, use the wrestling if he can. But, uh, you know, the other the, and the other thing is just Rosenstreich, he's just been so one-note as we've seen him. I mean, the knockout to Alan Crowder doesn't really tell us anything. I don't think he looked amazing against Albini. And, look, we've seen um, Arlovsky's chin somehow come back and – and be the guy that we don't have to worry about him taking a shot or two on the chin. So all those things considered, my pick is Arlovsky. I think he gets this done. Rosenstruck can obviously come with the knockout, but that is my pick. Joe, how do you see this one? Yeah, so yes, I, like, I, like, I like Rosenstruck, Rosenstruck a, fair, a fair bit here. Um, it's not without risk, though. I mean, obviously, I'm banking on two things. I'm banking on the knockout, and I'm banking on Arlo not being able to avoid Rosenstruck for three rounds. Now... If Arlo is on his bike the entire fight, this can be an ugly, low-scoring, split-decision kind of fight, and it's going to eat your lunch for you if you have high exposure um, at 8.7K. However, I could certainly see Rosenstruck getting the knockout. I mean, even though he's got only eight MMA fights, he's got a slew of of, uh, kickboxing fights. Um, I believe he's training with Henry Huff at Hard Knocks, um, you know, getting rounding his game up. Um, I do like him here. Uh, I will have some Arlovsky. I mean, scoring a, a heavyweight fighter, scoring 100 points in a decision with no knockdowns is very rare. But um, Arlo did that last fight. I don't see him taking that kind of risk with Rosenstruck. If he's smart, he'll stay on his bike and try to counter-strike. Um, I, I don't think he's going to go for a takedown. I mean, look, Struve is very takedownable. I know that's not a word. I could probably take him down. He's so darn big. You just have to get underneath him. Um, Rosenstruck is a lot more solid than Stefan Struve is. So I don't think Arlo's going to try to take him down. That would certainly open him up to Rosenstruck's power. Um, so I am going to take a flyer on Rosenstruck to win this by knockout. I do think that the risk here is a very low floor. Um, Arlo's on his bike. Rosenstruck chases him. Um, one of these ugly split decisions where you get 50 or 60 points of your winner and your loser has no floor. So that is the risk if you're playing Rosenstruck. But I'm going to take a shot um, that Arlo does get knocked out here and that his his bad chin comes back. Um, well, I will I will just say that um, Albini was able to take Rosenstruck down. You don't think you don't think that Arlovsky can? I mean, he, he generally doesn't look to wrestle as a rule. I mean, you know, I mean, the first time we saw him really wrestle was against Stefan Struve. You know, the guy's six foot ten. I don't know that he wants to open himself up to to the power shots of of Rosenstruck, but we'll see. I could be wrong. Fair enough. Um, We will go on to the next fight, which is uh, Edmund Shabazian at eighty three hundred taking on Brad Tavares at seventy nine hundred. The lines on this fight, Shabazian is the favorite at minus 140. Come back on Brad Tavares, plus 130. And uh, we're going to switch it up and and throw it over to you first, Joe. Uh, This is the first time we've seen Tavares in a long time since that that fight against – why am I blanking on his name? Israel Adesanya. Israel Adesanya, thank you very much. 
didn't look great in that fight. I, I think you have a little something to say about that. But uh, yeah. what what, uh, what do you think about uh, this matchup going forward? Well, it's finally come out, okay? So it's been, you know, I've made this assertion before it was officially, it officially came out. I was at that fight. It was at the Pearl at the Palm. Um, great venue to watch a fight, by the way. I was sitting near, or at least for that fight, um, one of uh, the camp members of Tavares came in and said Tavares had multiple injuries. They didn't want him to fight. He obviously couldn't get down for a takedown. Now, I didn't know what all the injuries were. Um, now it comes out he had a broken foot in that fight, and he, 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 spent, he took three rounds with Adesanya. I always said that I wanted to see him, you know, fight Adesanya with, you know, with all his faculties, um, which we're likely not going to get because not unless he goes on a major run here. I think this is honestly a dangerous fight for Shabazian because if he's overlooking Tavares, Tavares is not a super exciting fighter, but he is technical. He's Hawaiian tough. I'd be very surprised if Shabazian finished him. Um, you know, he's coming off of some really good fights. Um, I am not necessarily ready to pick Tavares. I, I do think it's he's a very live dog. Um, you know, he's coming up against a, a, a prospect that the UFC obviously likes. Oh, fuck it. I'm sorry. I, I can't say that. Um, I, I am going to pick Tavares here. Um, I will pick Tavares, 7.9K on DraftKings. Um, I think he offers some value. I, I will be targeting this fight. I will have a fair amount of Shabazian as well because if he does – get the finish, or if he can get the finish, he's going to score pretty well. Um, but now now that I know that he's healthy at least, um, you know, I think this is going to be a very difficult fight for Shabazian. Um, just on principle, the fact that he's managed by Ronda Rousey, I don't like that. Um, but um, give me Tavares here to upset the youngster Shabazian. Yeah, so I think, um, you know, I think kind of the standard way to go here, and I'm not saying it's the wrong way at all, would be to pick Tavares, just because there's so many question marks on um, Tavarian. He's one of the uh, uh, Tavarian. Uh, <laughs> He's one of these guys who comes in. We have a, we have a lot of them here. We have a lot of them on this card, at least quite a few of them. Who, despite them being in the cage a few times, we still have um, a decent amount of questions about how they perform. And I think Shabazian falls into that into that mode. He got you know the quick elbow finishes. Um, he got the, 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 um, quick sub finish against the Jack Marshman who, you know, is allergic to stopping a takedown. And he, even if he could, his only defense to a ground game is to give up his back and try to, and try to stand up. Um, so it's, it, it is fair to say that Shabazian has a lot of questions to answer. I'm going to, I'm going to give him a slight lean here though, just because I favor the aggression. I favor the combination throwing and I favor his power. Um, Tavares has, has traditionally had very good takedown defense. Um, so that'll be interesting if, if, uh, Tavares tries, uh, or if Shabazian tries to take him down, it'll be interesting to see. But I just think that if you can get in Tavares' face, you can fluster him a little bit. We've seen him knocked out before. I don't think it's an impossibility. I think that it'll be very interesting to see how he handles the pressure of a young, hungry, Lion, who's going to come in there with sharp combinations and a lot of power, and going to try to take him out of there. So I'm giving a slight lean to Shabazian. I I like Tavares as a good, solid boxer who can do a little bit of everything, but I'm going to take the hype, I guess, on this one, uh, albeit very slightly. I'm going to go Shabazian. But from there, we move on to our next fight, which is Shane Burgos at 9300 
taking on uh, Maquan Armeikani at 6,900. The betting line for this fight, um, Shane Burgos is up to minus 225, while Armeikani can be had for plus 205. I'll take this one first. Um, Go for I, it. I've never been – thank you, Joe. I've never been – a big fan of Shane Burgos. I think he gets hit too much. I think while he does show some good head movement, it's very sporadic where he'll show good head movement at one stage and then all of a sudden Cub Swanson is leaping into the pocket and hitting him with a three-punch combination. So I do think that he's a little bit um, – he's a little hard to trust in the defense department. He, he's sort of what I would describe as like a, a, a combination counterfighter where, like, he'll throw his jab, he'll throw a little one-two, whatever, but what he really wants to you to do is make you miss so he can throw that three- or four-punch combination. And he can do that against Ar- Armikani, I think, um, because Armikani sort of just throws lazy strikes, and um, I think uh, Shane Burgos could really light him up. I mean, as much, much as they talked about how Armikani was really focusing on his boxing before his last fight, I mean, he pretty much got outboxed by Chris Fishgold, who um, is a grappler by reputation. Um, as it happens, Armikani outgrappled him and got to the submission. And I think that can happen here. I'm very interested to see because we haven't had Shane Burgos have to deal with a lot of wrestling in his uh, UFC fights. He we, he did fight Charles Rosa, who, um, you know, is a good grappler, but doesn't wrestle all that often, at least in his uh, current iteration. So I'm very curious to see how his takedown defense holds up against somebody who's really going to go for it. Um, I do think he can be subbed out. We, we do, we know that Burgos has a little bit of ground game himself. He subbed Kurt Holloway after being knocked down. I think if this stays on the feet, it's entirely Burgos's world just because I don't trust Amir Kennedy to have a consistent boxing game to be able to deal with the power and the pressure. But if this goes to the ground, it will be interesting. It will be interesting to see how Burgos um, deals with a pretty good grappler in Armakani. So my pick is going to be Shane Burgos, but I think Armakani is definitely live as a very a very cheap uh, option here. What do you think, Joe? Yeah, I think we're I think we're both the same, same way. way. Um, Markon is live. My biggest concern, quite frankly, is his durability. I mean, with this being his second fight in in 2019, that is a a plethora of activity for Marquand, who has only fought once in 2016, 2017, and 2018. So the fact that he's already having his second fight here in 2019, I'm I'm just hoping he doesn't wear out. Um, all kidding aside, you know, he has, has taken some boxing matches. Apparently, he's been working on his boxing. Um, I don't know what level of improvement. It seems like he's doing more modeling than, than fighting. Um, I do see him live to a potential sub. Um, I also agree with Chris that if it's, if it's standing, it's going to be, um, Burgos. I think that, um, he's going to be fairly popular because at 6.9 K he really opens up a lot at the higher end. Um, so, and, and usually when we say stars and scrubs, right, you know, we don't mean, um, Corey Anderson and Kevin Lee. Um, we're not accustomed to them being priced so low. So, you really could build a fairly top-level heavy lineup by throwing in um, uh, Marcon and then you know either Lee or um, Anderson and have a real top-heavy lineup. So um, I think he's going to be fairly popular. Um, I'm you know our my good friend Brett Apley talked to me a little bit off the ledge on 
on, you know, being underweight to Burgos. He thinks Burgos is a good pivot because of ownership. Um, and I guess I kind of have come back that way. I'm going to pick Burgos to win, but I do think um, Marquand is live. Yeah, I don't. I don't think. I don't think a Burgos knockout is uh, is out of the question here at no. all. I think uh, I, I, Armacani. He does. He does worry me because he backs himself up, and as I said, kind of a one a one strike uh, shot, and he gets countered a lot. So definitely some avenues for Burgos there. If you if you like him, ninety three hundred is a pretty big price tag there. But um, as as we as you said, and as we often say on this show, um, the contrarian payups. You know, sometimes they pay off. So. Um, We'll move on to the next fight there, which is um, oh, speaking of, is uh, Corey Anderson at seventy two hundred versus the man Johnny Walker at nine thousand. Odds on this fight, um, Corey Anderson is a comeback of one forty five, while Johnny Walker is minus one fifty five. And I'll throw this one over to you first, uh, Joe. We have um, another one of these guys that I was talking about, kind of in the, in the same vein as Shabazian, where you know they have a lot of unanswered questions. They've been in the cage uh, two or three or four times now, but it, it feels like they've had no time at all. So uh, how do you gauge Johnny Walker, and uh, how do you see this matchup going? This is pretty straightforward narrative, right? So either Corey Anderson is going to wrestle F, um, you know, Johnny Walker, um, or Johnny Walker is going to, um, you know, chin dance uh, Corey Anderson. You know, we've seen Corey Anderson, you know, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory on several occasions. Um, you know, essentially all he needed to do was be on his bike um, in the third round to take a decision as a dog from OSP, um, and he gets he gets starched. Um, so we know Jimmy Manawa. Um, I would argue that Johnny Walker has at least the same level of power um, with a hell of a lot more athleticism um, than than Johnny Walker doing his camp um, in Russia. Um, you know, training with wrestlers. Um, if he can avoid um, the takedown and make Corey Anderson pay every time he shoots, I certainly see Walker live to a knockout, which is why you definitely need to target this fight and take Walter. On the other hand, um, Walker. On the other hand, I would have a few shares of Anderson because if he is successful with his takedowns and he does wrestle F um, Johnny Walker, he can certainly win a grindy type of decision where he rinse and repeats takedowns. Um, you know, it's all going to come down to um, his able, his ability to avoid taking that big shot because, you know, we, we've seen what happens. He, he doesn't have the ability to recover from a big shot. Um, so I'm going to pick Johnny Walker here because I think he, he does get through the, the you know, the takedowns. Um, but I'm going to have a couple shares of Corey just in case. Um, you know, Corey can avoid the big shot and get some rinse and repeat takedowns. It's not going to take much at, at his salary to, 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 to pay. So um, I'm going to play Walker for the knockout. I'm going to take Anderson for grappling points and a decision win. And uh, that's how I'm going to play it. Um, I, I agree with you about the nature of the fight. I think that it is very binary. What I would say about uh, specifically to the point of um, Walker's chin it, it, it looked better against Alir Latifi. Uh, he took some hammers in that fight. and he Not Walker's there. chin. You mean Anderson's chin. Anderson's chin, yes, yeah. yes. So he, And he, he stayed in that fight. So it's at least something to be considered. I wouldn't say that all of Anderson's chin issues are magically gone, but it is something to be considered. I, I think that, um, look, we, we still don't know the answer to a very important nagging question, which is what happens when somebody gets past that initial explosion from Johnny Walker? Right. 
And um, what, if that does happen with wrestling, I think that Corey Anderson is going to be be able to have a, a lot of success here. Now, the only way we can go back is if we go all the way back to his contender series fight, being Johnny Walker against uh, UFC veteran uh, Frankenstein, uh, whose name I, I whose real name I forget. Henry. No, it's Henry. Henry. Yeah. Yeah. Um, where. But basically, Enrique just tried to wrestle him, and Walker won that fight, but it was a grind through rounds two and three. Um, and I think Corey Anderson can accomplish much the same thing here. In short, it's just really hard for me to pick Johnny Walker as the winner just because I haven't seen him really tested to do almost anything in a, a UFC cage against against real UFC competition. And Walker is going to be by far the most athletic guy he's faced, I would say. I would say uh, Anderson rather. I would say Walker is obviously more athletic than yeah. Anderson, but it's not an absolute blowout the way it was no. against against guys like uh, you know um, I I can't even remember the boxer, the heavyweight boxer uh, Justin Ledet and yeah. uh, guys like that. So Roundtree, yeah, yeah. Uh, well, Roundtree's pretty athletic, but you know he just mm. kind of got caught in the clinch and stuff like that. But um, but yeah, so that that's where I'm going with this. I of course acknowledge that Walker can knock out uh, Corey Anderson. Of course he can. He can knock out anybody. But I need to see how he's going to be against UFC competition in a three round fight where he actually has to fight. You know, which we haven't seen at this level yet. So, but for that reason, I have to pick Corey Anderson here. Of course, uh, Walker being live to a knockout. And uh, as I forget my role as the host, but we will go on, as I now remember that we are talking about Kevin Lee at 7,100 facing Gregor Gillespie at 9,100. Um, the odds at this fight are Gillespie as a minus 150, Kevin Lee comeback plus 140. Um, this is a fight that's actually pretty straightforward for me. I'm, I'm, on, I'm on Gregor Gillespie um, pretty heavily here. One of the main reasons is um, the gas tank of Kevin Lee, which we have seen let him down in multiple fights and and in in um, back to back fights against Iaquinta and then against RDA. I just think that the the relentless pace that Gillespie keeps is going to be too much for Kevin Lee here. Credit to Kevin Lee, his his boxing actually looked pretty improved against RDA. I actually thought it looked pretty good. I actually thought if he stayed on his feet, he would have had a better shot in that fight. As um, as uh, sort of wacky as that might may sound, but I just think that Gillespie is just going to tire him out. Um, Kevin Lee doesn't have cardio to go the distance, especially if he's grappling. Um, if you remember in that Iaquinta fight, he got tired having the advantage and having the body triangle is what made him tired in that fight. And Iaquinta's escape is when he started to rally and gain momentum. And I just think it's going to be too much for Kevin Lee here, even if he starts out fast, which he can do. He's a talented guy. I just think Gillespie's pressure and pace is going to get the best of him. And so this, to me, is a Gillespie win pretty uh, clearly. Joe, you uh, agree with that or you see it differently? Yeah, no, I, I'm really looking forward to this fight. You know, first of all, I'm not making too much of the camp change uh, to TriStar by Kevin Lee. I you know, generally the rule of thumb is you don't really expect to see improvement, um, you know, after one camp. I mean, yeah, it's great that he was training with GSP. Um, you know, Kevin Lee, it's interesting. Um, he, I think he has a significant striking advantage um, over over Gigi. Um, Gigi does not like to be hit. And, and I know that sounds like moronic because who does like to be hit? 
but there are some fighters that are okay with getting hit and trading, you know, giving one to take one, giving, you know, taking two to give one, you know, Gigi is not that way. He, he gets cut pretty easily. I mean, you know, everybody who he's fought has been able to hit him, including Holbrook. Um, he's just such a dominant wrestler. Um, you know, I, I think a takedown a minute is the stat I heard, um, which is amazing. Um, now, you know, Kevin Lee is a good wrestler. He's an MMA wrestler. Um, you know, he's had some success with it. Look what he's done to Edson Barbosa. Um, I'm really looking. I think I might be looking forward more to this fight than the main event. Um, I like actually, I think it actually plays in Lee's favor that it's only a three round fight. Um, you know, less opportunity for him to get tired. <clears throat> um, I don't think anyone's had an easier run in the UFC than Gregor Gillespie. I mean, if you look at the six guys that he's beaten for them and no longer in the UFC. Um, and I believe me, I am not crapping on, on Gregor. I mean, he's fought who the UFC has put in front of him. Um, this is the big test for him. Um, you know, he's, I believe, 33 years old. He's eight years older, I believe, than Kevin Lee. Um, you know, Lee needs a win to get on track. There, there's a lot of narrative around this fight. Um, with all that said, you would think I'm picking Kevin Lee. I'm not. I'm actually picking Gregor. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give him the, the benefit of the doubt in stepping up. However, um, you'd be foolish in mass entry GPPs not having a few shares of Kevin Lee. Because I, I would be far from surprised if Lee actually could get, um, you know, the victory here. And look, this is less than a two-to-one line. Um, and, you know, you don't normally see Lee as this big of a dog. He's in desperate need of a win. Now, there's some additional narratives surrounding this fight. Um, John Morgan of MMA Junkie noticed a bump on Kevin Lee um, at weigh-ins. You know, the, the prevailing thought is that he may have yet another staph infection, which he Jeez. had when he fought... Um, Tony Ferguson, um, and, and definitely war on him. Um, if that's the case, um, I definitely like Gregor a lot more and I would look for line movement. Um, and, and if you see, if you see the line moving big time in the favor of, of GG, I would, I would put a lot more credence in the staff infection theory. Um, I don't know if, if you've got current lines up, Chris, but, um, I'm going to pick, um, Gregor to win here, but I, I would certainly say have some shares of Lee. Um, watch out for that for news on um, whether he's got a staph infection or not. Um, that seems to be the prevailing thought. Yeah, wow, that would be uh, that would be crazy again. Um, especially since we've already noted his cardio issues, that that certainly can't help. But how's this for for a stat, Joe? Um, May, could uh, could Gregor Gillespie possibly be the first value ninety one hundred dollar fighter? He has four straight fights yep. of over one hundred and twenty DraftKings points. True. That is that is serious mileage. That is serious. But, but also look at look at Kevin Lee, his hundred and sixty four DraftKings points against Edson Barboza at, at a fight that I was at in Atlantic City. That was an unbelievable scoring fight. One hundred and sixty four points. Yeah. So we'll, we'll just have to see. Uh, hopefully he's okay, and, and we'll just have to see if he can outlast the pressure and pace of Gillespie, and I think yep. we both agree that that'll be the fight. Uh, moving on, we have, as I X some things out here, we have Derek Lewis at 8,000 versus Blagoy Ivanov at 8,200. Line on this fight is, um, let's see where it is. It's... Minus 105 on both ends, according to five dimes. Um, this is a very interesting fight for me. I'll take this one first, I suppose. 
I, um, you know, when this fight was first announced, I just assumed I was taking Lewis. But here's the thing about Derek Lewis. Um, you have to go back a lot of fights in Derek Lewis's career to find one where he absolutely dominated and controlled the fight. I mean, most of his fights, even his wins, are him getting beat um, for a certain amount of rounds and then coming back and winning, whether it's, of course, Alexander Volkov, whether it's um, uh, Marcin Tybura, whether it's uh, Mr. Rousey there, whether it's, um, uh, you know, um, Shamil Abdurakhimov. I mean, this guy, he hasn't had a really convincing win since he knocked out Gabriel Gonzaga in, I think, 2016. So it's just really hard for me to say, oh, uh, you know, um, uh, Lewis can go in there and smoke him, particularly since, you know, Lewis is a guy who's been hurt to his orbital orbital bone in multiple fights. He's been hurt to his belly in recent fights. He's got back issues. He's got knee issues. Now, to his credit and uh, maybe to – keep the uh, Lewis boosters from jumping off a bridge. He does look in good shape. I've seen him in interviews. He looks in about as good a shape as I've seen him in a long time. But I I, I just, I don't know. I mean, Blagoy Ivanov, to me, he took some big steps forward in in that uh, that last fight. And I know you can say the the last fight doesn't look too good now that Taitu Ivasa has lost to Spivak. But Spivak outgrappled him and won. Um, Ivanov... Basically outboxed him, and he did it by using a, a very crisp jab, a very crisp uh, left to the body, which, as I noted, Lewis has his uh, body issues. Uh, some sharp counters, which actually dropped to Ivasa once. He can use his his uh, wrestling too. He's a sambo judo guy. We saw a couple snap downs in that um, in that uh, to Ivasa fight. Uh, now even uh, Ivanov gets tired too. There's no doubt about it. But I just think that he's a more complete martial artist. I think he's a better boxer. And I think he should have this. But I certainly wouldn't rule out um, Lewis winning this fight as he wins every single one of his fights, which is he's losing and then lands a hammer from hell somewhere and knocks his opponent out. So that is almost certainly in play. But if you're asking me who I pick based on the skills in the fight, I am taking uh, Blagoy even off. Joe, how about you? Yeah, so um, not only is Lewis in shape, he's healthy. I mean, here's a guy who fought four times in 2018, went three and one, apparently without a tendon. Um, you know, his one loss coming to to D.C., um, that, again, I mean, a lot of uh, – that was another card I was at, at MSG. Um, you know, he stepped up uh, to fight D.C. in that fight. Um, you know, then he lost to Junior, was knocked out. Um, and now he took a much needed, um, eight months off, um, got healthy. Um, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt here. Um, look, Ivanov is tough. I mean, here's a guy, I mean, his, his backstory is pretty well known. Um, he was stabbed in the, you know, essentially in the heart, um, you know, in some kind of bar fight, um, drove himself to the hospital. I mean, that's pretty tough. Um, you know, won a, you know, he danced around, uh, Junior Dos Santos, um, in a fight, um, I'm, I'm thinking he likely lost the fight against Ben Rothwell. I, I thought that that was a bad call. Um, you know, he beat Tuavasa in a decision. Um, you know, I, I'm going to go with Lewis here. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Um, I will have some shares of, of Ivanov. You know, this is not on paper your typical heavyweight fight. I mean, normally you see heavyweight fight, you think finish. Um, you know, you're going to get a relatively high score. I would not be at all surprised 
if this heavyweight fight ended in a decision. Um, you know, uh, obviously, these are heavyweights. They can knock each other out. I think Lewis is more live to the knockout than Ivanov, which is why I'm going to have slightly more shares of Lewis. Um, you know, it's not, I, I don't see this as a must target fight unless you really have a strong take. Um, I, I will have shares of both fighters, but I'm going to, I'm going to pick Lewis here. I, 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 I agree with you that, um, look, he does look in better shape and it's good that he had the time off, but even, you know, with the Mark Hunt fight, you know, he said he was good coming into that fight and then his back gives out. And so to me, he's just a hard guy to trust, but I can definitely see having both sides and, uh, it's really hard to predict, um, how it's going to end, because I agree with you. I think that a decision is probably maybe just as likely, if not more likely, than either one of these guys getting knocked out. But that's how tough they are. But uh, we'll move on to the next fight on the card, which is a good one. Vicente Luque, 7,700, taking on the favorite, uh, Stephen Thompson at 8,500. Lines on this fight, another even fight, according to Five Dimes with both fighters at minus 105. And uh, Joe, I'll throw this one over to you first. Um, this is, look, Stephen Thompson, um, we haven't seen him uh, look particularly good in the cage in a long time. Now, he was looking good against uh, against Anthony Pettis. Of course, we know what happened there. But um, is it that people are overlooking Pettis, uh, Thompson in this fight, or does Luke have what it takes for him? Yeah, so I think part of the, the narrative around Stephen Thompson is that he fights extremely boring, you know, and Luque is the polar opposite to that, right? You know, where Luque is an exciting fighter. However, if you watch the tape on Luque, he is hit way too much for my taste. Um, you know, everybody he fights seems to get some some licks in. Um, he was essentially losing the fight to to Bam Bam Barbarina um, and, and, you know, you know, pulled it together with the knockout with six seconds left in the third round. Um, you know, he won a split decision against Mike Perry. Even Derek Krantz, who I believe was a short notice replacement, um, got a few licks in before uh, before he finished him. So that really concerns me. You know, the, the issue here is that, you know, Thompson is such a boring fighter. Um, you know, his, his, you know, scratching your nails on a blackboard fight against, um, you know, Woodley. I, 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 don't, I don't ever want to see a fight like that again. Um, you know, he just is so hesitant to engage. He's a karate fighter, um, you know, looks to counter strike, doesn't look for takedowns. Um, you know, so what's going to happen here? I mean, you know, this fight is pretty close to even in the betting lines, which means there's inherent line value in Luke. Um, you know, Thompson was winning against Pettis until he wasn't. Um, and he got caught like anybody could get flash knocked out. I mean, I don't know why you necessarily question his jaw. <clears throat> um, you know, he, he has been a guy that's been able to get up from getting hit before, um, you know, when he got hit by, by Till and others. And by the way, I think thought he won that Till fight. Um, if it wasn't in the UK, he probably would have won. So I don't necessarily think that Wonder Boy is through. I just don't know that he's going to engage. Luke, um, and this could be a really boring, low-scoring fight. Um, although I could certainly see Luke getting frustrated and then rushing in. And if he rushes in, two things are going to happen: either he's going to get clipped by Wonder Boy, maybe kicked, um, but clipped, or he's going to run in and he's going to be able to get inside a Wonder Boy and and beat him that way. Um, I'm going to. It's not a highly confident pick, but I, you know I, I need to pick some dogs here. I'm going to pick Luke, uh, you know, with line value. Um, 
I wouldn't be certainly surprised if Wonderboy, you know, pulls off a point decision fight or if this goes to a split again. Um, but I'm going to give Luke a shot here, although there, there is a lot of risk here. I'm not playing for a floor here. I'm playing for a ceiling by betting Luke. Um, it's not a fight I would touch in cash. Um, I don't like the price point on Steven Thompson. This is purely a line value play on Luke a in the hopes of getting some form of a ceiling, purely GPPs, purely mass entry, but I'll, I'll take Luke a for the, you know, I guess slight upset, at least as it relates to DraftKings salary. So it's funny because we both have similar reactions to Luke, although our, our picks are going to be different. I, I thought the exact same thing about Luke, whereas, you know, he has, he's had these recent fights where we all thought he was just going to run over his competition, and he just hasn't. I mean, you, you mentioned the Barbarina fight, the Mike Perry fight, where a lot of people think that he lost that fight. I actually did score it for Luke, but I don't think it's crazy if you think Mike Perry won. Um, and I, I think the reason for that, why, why he doesn't really take over fights when we think that he should, and, and part of the reason that I'm picking Wonderboy is that he tends to get caught um, waiting in space sometimes. And it's funny because he'll pressure in, but he'll pressure in and won't throw his strikes, leaving his opponent room to throw theirs. Uh, Mike Perry actually got off a lot of good kicks to the body against Vicente Luque. It landed pretty hard, and I think Wonderboy can do much the same thing. And uh, as I see people mentioning in chat, uh, Ryan and Vince, you know, Luque is going to try to at least pressure him, at least try to close him down. And I think when he does that, his, his, his ability to get sort of get caught watching or get caught staring is going to open him up to being lit, lit up by, uh, by the striking of Thompson. I just think that, um, you know, Luque needs to get inside here. He needs to be more aggressive. Um, we think of him as this aggressive fighter who just sort of unloads, but he's really not that. As I said, um, you know, he can he can very much get caught uh, waiting in space. And I, I expect him to do that here, and I expect Thompson to make him pay for it. Can he get a knockout? Um, he definitely hits hard enough to. There's going to be enough action in this fight, uh, too, I believe. I don't know for sure, but I do think that uh, – I do think he's got a style that could make Stephen Thompson look pretty good here. And um, so that's where I'm going. I'm picking Thompson to get a, a triumphant return with a good win here and a nice win over Vicente Luque. Um, but here we go to the next fight, which is the co-main event of the evening, which is on, and everybody is all good. Despite weight issues and visa issues, we are on for Darren Till versus Kevin Gastelum. Till is at 7,000. The favorite Gastelum is at 9,200. Odds for this fight, uh, plus 220 now on Darren Till, where Gastelum comes back at a minus 240. I'm going to throw this one over to you first, Joe. Um, you know, we've seen Till have sort of a plummet after a really um, a really good start in the UFC. We saw Gastelum take a tough loss, but really, really a valiant one against Adesanya in his last fight. So how do you see this one going for both of So people? I would say, look, I was a fan of Till coming up. Right. I, I may not like the guy personally, but I thought I liked the way he fought. Um, he's arguably lost three fights in a row. I mean, I he beat Wonderboy um on paper anyway. Um, you know, got got dominated by Woodley, got lit up by Masvidal, um, you know, moved up to middleweight. I'm not making I'm not putting a lot into the 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 visa narrative. I don't think that's that big a deal. I mean, you know, it could be the issues he had when he stole a taxi. Um, you know, or left one of his pregnant wives or girlfriends. Um, you know, I, I, like I said, I don't have to like the guy to watch him fight. Um, you know, I, yeah, everybody is making a big deal about the size, but 
you know, Gastelum has fought bigger guys than him before. I mean, look what he did to, to Tim Kennedy. Um, you know, he 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 starched him. Um, he's a much better, he's a much more technical striker. He's got he's got quicker hands. Um, you know, he's got he's got a ground game, and we know that um, you know, Till can be dominated on the ground. Um, I like Gastelum, you know, a fair amount. I, I backed away from some of my exposure to him. Um, just because I'm not as confident as a fin- of a finish in a three-round fight as I am with some of the others, um, you know, and, and, and scoring, I could certainly see this being, you know, some type of technical striking, um, unless Till forces the pace, in which case I could certainly see Gastelum, you know, win a striking affair. Till is very cheap, and for that reason, I would say have a few shares of him on DK. Um, you know, he can hit with some power. Um, but I do like uh, Gastelum here um, for any number of reasons. Um, you know, he was he was you know 15 seconds away from finishing Adesanya, um, you know, and then almost got finished himself in the next round. But you know, this is a three round fight. Um, I like Gastelum here. Um, he's my pick. Yeah, I'm going to go with Gastelum too. And I think that um, look, I, I acknowledge that that Till is very is very big um, even at the at the move up. Um, but I think that. Look, we saw Kelvin Gastelum fight a very big guy um, in the weight class in Chris Weidman. And the only reason that went against him is because of the wrestling and grappling chops of Chris Weidman, which Darren Till does not have. So I think that I, I echo a lot of things you said. The fast hands, I think he's going to be able to get inside. And I just think that Darren Till, look, we saw him come out fast, um, way faster than usual in the Masvidal fight. And it paid dividends with the straight left that, that knocked him to, down. But I think that. Gaslam is going to be the one to take the initiative here. I think that um, your typical Darren Till fight is a, just a very slow counter-striker kind of fight, and I just don't think that gets it done here. As you said, Calvin Gaslam can wrestle too if he absolutely has to. I love his speed. Um, I love how educated his hands are. And I just think that uh, Darren Till needed a step back from top-level competition after the recent run he's been on. This is not it. I don't think this is a particularly good fight for him. He's powerful enough to get a knockout if he lands one of those straights, but I'm not banking on it. I am taking uh, Kelvin Gastelum maybe for another finish. But now we will go to the main event of the evening and the one that everyone has been waiting for, the BMF title. Who is going to take the crown between Nate Diaz at 7,400 and Jorge Masvidal? At 8,800 uh, lines on this fight, Masvidal is the favorite, minus 155. Come back on Nate Diaz, plus 145. I'll kick us off in this main event here. I think that um, I think Masvidal can hurt Nate Diaz pretty badly. And the reason I say that is uh, a couple different reasons. I think that um, as much as we all loved the, the big Anthony Pettis win after the layoff and then the call out afterwards as great as a moment that was I don't think he looked particularly good in that fight I think Anthony Pettis was lighting him up with counters when he would uh, step in especially early I think we saw him get tired in the second round maybe as a as a consequence of the style of constantly rushing in and closing down which isn't a a typical DS fight I mean he'll do it occasionally but generally what he likes to do is stand and box in space and if he tries to do that here I think uh, Masvidal can light him on fire with his jab and his body kicks. And um, if he tries to close down, he can hit him with counters the same way Anthony Pettis did, and Masvidal hits a lot harder. So I just don't see a lot of um, good avenues for Diaz here. 
I don't think his wrestling is going to be the escape hatch that it was in the first round of the, of the Pettis fight here. I think uh, Masvidal has shown he's a, he's a very good grappler and scrambler, even though we don't see it that often. In the Maya fight, not only did Maya not submit him, but he was able to scrape Damian Maya off his back in that first round and really land some uh, devastating ground and pound that almost had him take that round. So um, I think Masvidal just has too many advantages here. He's going to be the bigger guy, of course. And uh, as much as I love Diaz and uh, love everything he does uh, for the sport, I just think that um, I just think he's outmatched here. I think this is a, a comfortable Masvidal win. Uh, what do you think, Joe? Yeah, I mean, it's too bad we don't have Sean here because you and I are are overly agreeable. Yeah, um, I, I feel exactly the same way. I mean, I, I like Masvidal um, a fair bit. I, I think in mass entries, um, I'm going to have at least 50% Masvidal. Um, I'll certainly have some Diaz um, just because. Um, I think, you know, with the exception of maybe pure Brazilian jiu-jitsu, um, I think Masvidal is better everywhere. Um, you know, he is, you know, certainly, you know, look, Nate is a tough guy, um, but that could actually work against him here. Um, you know, the way that uh, that Masvidal systemically, systematically, I should say, just took apart Cowboy Cerrone was impressive. Um, and then, you know, watching him starch Darren Till, obviously the the flying knee knockout of Ben Askren, um, you know, he's been on quite the roll. Um, I like Masvidal here a fair amount. I would recommend having a few shares of Diaz, especially at 7.4K. Um, if you're playing cash, this is a very stackable fight in cash. Um, you know, if it goes the full five rounds, uh, Diaz's floor is pretty safe. Um, you know, um, although um, I could certainly see Masvidal starching him. Um, you know, I've even heard some people think about stacking this in GPPs. Um, but I, I'm going to go Masvidal here. All right. Um, before we get to hot takes, let me just remind everybody that this is a pay-per-view, and that means we are giving away stuff. We are giving away a Rotowire prize pack complete with mousepad, T-shirt, and uh, hat. Uh, in order to enter, guys, um, okay, so here are the rules. You're going to hashtag, use the hashtag FightIQ. Follow me, Joe, and Sean, even though he's not here. He still counts. Um, and tell us. How many significant strikes that Masvidal and uh, uh, Diaz are going to get combined in this fight? So that's follow all three of us on Twitter. That's me, Sean, and Joe. Sean is at the, at the DFS Sniper, uh, for those who don't know. Follow all three of us on Twitter. Use the hashtag FightIQ and tell us how many combined significant strikes the two fighters will give us in the main event. Okay, now, um, with that out of the way, let's move to hot takes. Joe, do you have one? Yeah, I mean, I think, um, you know, I told you my, my favorite wager of the card is is uh, Chuk. Um, and I, I even like her. I'm going to bet her both ways, but I certainly like her by decision at minus 125. Um, I, I also feel fairly strongly that um, Gregor and, and Kevin Lee is going to go to decision. Um, you can get Gregor by decision at plus 150. Um you put those two bets together, you're looking at seven to two on a parlay or plus 350. Um, I think that's pretty solid money there. So I'm giving you guys a plus 350 parlay of Chukagian wins by decision and Gregor Gillespie wins by decision um, plus 350. All right. I, I am going to go that uh, Maquan Americani 
Uh, subs out Shane Burgos. Woo! That's a much hotter take than mine. That is my hot take. Uh, guys, get him in the chat. Um, I don't know if I don't see him or if you guys just haven't posted him, but um, get him in there, guys. Um, I'm going to say while I, while I wait to see him, um, thank you so much for uh, watching, guys. Uh, like, comment, subscribe, please. It really helps us out every time you do it. Um, uh uh, Nolan Dahl says Jennifer Maya by finish. That <laughs> is, uh, that's a hot one. I, um, I, am I not seeing some or are they just not? Are they? Just uh, I think non is might be jesting, but you know, you never know with non. Uh, well, no, that I mean, I'll take that because I mean, look, she does, she does hit pretty hard at least. And over one K left on the optimal. I could certainly see there being a fair amount of salary being left on the optimal. That, that would not surprise me at all, but yeah. Uh, yeah, Ryan Barton says, uh, Keem Duodu by KO. I'll take that just because I think that would be, um, Hakeem's first, um, finish in the UFC, right? Yeah. So we'll take that. Um, Corey Anderson, highest scorer on the card, uh, from Vince. We like nice. that. Um, all right, guys. So look, that is going to wrap it up. Uh, one more, one way says hospital by submission. That would be a surprise. So that, that's a hot take. That's a hot take. We'll take that one. But, guys, yeah. listen, we thank you so much for watching. Uh, apologies for the technical difficulties in the beginning. Sean was always here with us in spirit. Um, he should be back for the next card, which will be the next pay-per-view, which is UFC 245, which, which will be – what is that? That's Colby Usman, right? Yeah, that's, Col that's Usman. Yeah, that's where Usman so is going to dominate Covington. So that will be a fun one, guys. I will I will um, put another um, instruction on how to enter the contest for the prize pack if you guys missed it. Um, again, thanks for watching. Like, comment, subscribe, and we will see you next time. Thanks for hanging out. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time.